Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome in to Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. That's a great one. I love it when it's that way right at the start. I'm getting good. I'm getting good at this. I don't think it's you. I think it's the cans. Damn it. But uh, if you want to take credit for it, I guess for that's For once, okay. Mike, once, can I just get a little bit of love? You can find this podcast almost anywhere you can find podcasts. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Odyssey, TennyToTheFan.com, Omni, and Stitcher. You can find us on social media, Instagram.com slash Beers on Us. Twitter is at Beers on Us Pod. Facebook is Facebook.com slash Beers on Us. We're going to have a shaken up can here at the end. It's all right. Uh, it's to get the sediment <laughs> out of there. That's where you can find us. Subscribe, rate, review, download wherever you find the episodes if you have not done so in a while or have not done so yet. Uh, otherwise... Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate all you guys that are out there. And uh, we got a tasting room, tasting room episode for you yeah, today. Yeah, interactive. It's Wednesday. Uh, as always, I when when I choose oh, it. Oh, it's interactive. Yes, why not? Oh, okay. I mean, I, I just posted we did it now. This, we did this so <clears throat> last second that I thought maybe it was just going to be our, our own personal tasting room. But yeah, interactive tasting room. I figure whenever we do tasting room, as long as we do it right, as long as I can get it out, you know. Um, That's what she said. <laughs> might as well do interactive. Uh, as always, whenever I choose these beers, because um, I did the five today, I got them at the Market of Choice on Belmont uh, in inner southeast Portland. I, every beer I grabbed is <clears throat> was under a new product label. So hopefully if you have a Market of Choice around you or your bottle shops around you, things like that, you should be able to find these beers as well. At least and most of them, yeah. All of them are local with the exception of one. Okay. Yeah, I, I've uh, looking at the five, I've had two of them. Uh, the one that we're about to start with, I had last time they released it. Okay. So this is the the new canning line of the first beer that we're having. Looks great. It does look great. And uh, another one that we have that's, I think, second, I had a couple weeks ago and talked about it in my Week in Beer, and it was a picture that I took on Instagram as well. So the Well, here we are. <laughs> the other three I'm very intrigued by, and I brought Beer of the Week, which I am very intrigued by. Mostly because it's a style I haven't seen local breweries tackle too often. Okay, cool. Color me intrigued. Um, it is, uh, and it's about that time of year too. So, uh, weekend beer wise, I didn't do anything spectacular this week. I kind of went to the well this weekend. I had a volatile substance. I got a, a check AF from uh, or CZ AF from Wayfinder, which I liked a lot a couple weeks ago when I had it. 
I definitely am finding that those uh, those Czech style pilsners are my are my go to for the good. pilsner, which is uh, good for me to find out. Beyond that, nothing crazy. Um, I really haven't been having as much beer this week. I had a couple. We my roommate found a really good bourbon. If I can slide a little bourbon love into this podcast, always and forever. It is uh, it is Breckenridge Distillery ah, out of Colorado. Out of Colorado and. <clears throat> I don't know how expensive it is. He said it was a little bit on the more expensive side. I'm going to guess 50 to 60 bucks, something like that. He said he did some research and he found online that this this distillery was really, really good. And, oh, my God, this is some of the smoothest tasting bourbon I've had in a very long time. Well, I've been to Breckenridge, Colorado. <clears throat> gorgeous, gorgeous place. Uh, it's kind of Aspen Vale light. Yeah. So it's got a quaint little downtown, but it's not as crazy as Aspen and Vale can be. A little um, bit less like... Elite, right? Yes, less elite, more for us common folk. Mm, and mm-hmm. if you listen to this podcast, you are probably with us in the common folk. And if you aren't, good for you. And if you aren't, yeah, we could take sponsors whenever you're ready. <laughs> um, yeah, so the, the bourbon... Sponsored by James, the rich guy in Lake Oswego. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, yeah, so we had that, and it was really good. And then he got it again. <clears throat> this time it was finished in port barrels, which gave it a little bit more of like a woody oak flavor profile to it the the basic one was just very smooth it didn't have any sort of bite like even even on really good bourbon sometimes you take that first sip and you're just like you get that initial shock of like ah this is straight alcohol i didn't get that once with the breckenridge uh, bourbon and he said that last time he went to the liquor store he saw one that was aged in rum barrels so i think that might be the next one that we try all in the same distillery but basic Port barrels, rum barrels. I still think the basic is the best, though. That's awesome. So far. So <clears throat> if you uh, like bourbon and you haven't tried it before, I would very much recommend it, uh, depending on the price range that you're comfortable with. Uh, I didn't buy it. <laughs> my roommate bought it. Uh, but that was my week in beer slash drinking. I didn't do anything crazy this week. My week, yeah, my week in beer is boring. Oh, I did go to Grains of Wrath. Oh, nice. Which uh, one? Up in Camus. Up in Camus. Me too. On Saturday. Uh, I went on Sunday. Mm. Me Sunday, and the lady, Sunday, Sunday. Me and the lady met some friends and just kind of kicked it there for lunch. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. Saturday was a very busy day, and I almost totally blanked on that. But uh, I worked at Grains of Wrath yesterday. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, Tuesday. I am trying to remember what I had. Oh, I had Built for Speed, and I had <clears throat> uh, Dystopia. Those, they, that's what I had, I believe. They have a new collab on... They have two new collabs on, one with Migration, Old Friends, New Neighbors, kind of celebrating the I new that on the list, Migration yeah. spot on Williams as they are next door to each other. And then they also have the volume one of the series they're doing for Top Wire, the uh, <clears throat> outdoor tap room at Crosby Hop Farms down in Woodburn. That was delicious. Uh, what is it? Amarillo Strata. Strata comes through really nice on it. That was fun. I'm really looking forward to see that series. Uh, as Topwire, I think, opens on Friday. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They probably don't have any issues with uh, Shutdown Brown because they're all outdoor. 100% correct. So, yes. They might have to reduce <clears throat> capacity maybe a little bit, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so I'm hoping to try to sneak out there to get to get get to top wire as soon as i can uh i think what we're gonna do today because we do have things to talk about uh we're gonna do tasting room and while we're drinking some of the beers we're gonna intertwine some of the stories we have and, great. and announcements as well as you already alluded to it we've got more shutdown brown fun yep um so <clears throat> first beer of the tasting room first beer of the tasting room in probably 
a top 10 favorite name for a beer of all time for me. Wow. I think it fits really, really well with this brewery. We are drinking the Hellas from Lewitt Brewing Company called Mount St. Hellas. I remember I had this, like, I think it was six or seven months ago. Do you remember? I I talked about it on the podcast and was blown away by how good it was. Yeah, I couldn't remember. I remember, like, I saw the name and thought to myself, well, that's an excellent name. If someone hasn't thought of that before, then they're a bunch of idiots. But it was like familiar to me, mm-hmm. so it makes sense that you've had this. I remember thinking it was just a very smooth, drinkable Hellas that didn't, you know, didn't have any off flavors, didn't kind of punch you in the face with too many of the different variances you can have in the style of beer. It's just simple and smooth and delightful. And after having a couple of sips, again, I'm enjoying it just the same, if not more, because I think I'm I'm coming around on Hellas's a little bit as we do more of it on the podcast. It's just a really bright, drinkable beer. Yeah, and I promise you I won't pour full pours of them all. I just thought this would be a good one to start. <laughs> you were thirsty. I uh, Mount St. Helis, traditional German-style Helis lager. A portion of sales will be donated to Mount St. Helis Institute, which is dedicated to advancing understanding and stewardship of the Earth through science, education, and exploration of volcanic landscapes. Cool, cool, cool. I am from the Northwest. You are. Mount St. Helens is a historical landmark for us. I know Rainier and Hood are the bigger of the two, but there's a giant hole in Mount St. Helens. And the ash wrapped around the world. My father we was living in Spokane at the time. I was minus five, so I was not, al- not alive. <clears throat> uh, he did the classic uh, fill the jar as the ash was raining from the sky outside of his house in Spokane. And I believe that jar of ash is still in my mom's basement. Really? Yeah. Does it? change the property like does it change color does it fade or is it just gray you know that would be an excellent question to ask the mount st helens institute <laughs> well i just figured maybe if you'd seen it in your mom's basement you would know yeah, i don't what know. color it is gosh, however many years ago gosh i don't know i mean ash is basically just carbon falling burnt carbon falling from the sky so i can't imagine it changes that much but i mean hey any science nerds out there that want to hit me with a dm about uh, some volcanic ash, I will gladly read that. Mm -hmm. For I love education and science, as Uh, I was raised on education and science. As should most people be, right? Yeah. Or I guess all people, but as most people have been, I should say. Um, Yeah, this is a delightful beer. Is this your first time having it? It can't be, but I can't remember when I had it. It can't be. (laughs) Because you've gone to Lewitt enough. Yeah, I drink Lewitt enough that I, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe my love for Hellas has flourished in between times of getting to Lewitt. Well, I think your love of Hellas's has grown immensely the last year or so. It is so. easily my go-to lager right now. I think I drink more Hellas than Vienna. Wow. And I love Vienna. Because you talk a lot of I positive know. stuff about Vienna uh, It's probably still Vienna, but God, I love Hellas lagers. <laughs> this one's just very smooth, and it's 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 this is one of those, and today being Wednesday, and if you're listening to this tomorrow on Thursday, it's supposed to be even nicer. It's one of those sit outside and have like four of these, mm-hmm. right? You just chill in. You kind of enjoying the sun, you know. You're you're vaccinated, hopefully, so you feel much more comfortable being out. Or you can schedule your appointment while you're sitting outside. That is true. Some places are just doing walk-ins now. Yep. Um, don't even need an appointment. Just go get a shot. And uh, yeah, so it's it's a delightful beer. I very much enjoy the this top one. of this can. I'm seeing these. I saw these on some uh, wayfinders as well. I don't know the story behind it or the reasoning why. I imagine it's just got to be a supply demand sort of thing. The top is gold. I was going to bring it up too because <clears throat> I noticed it on the the CZAF I had yeah. this weekend. And it's not just wayfinder, and it's not just Lewitt. I've seen more gold topped cans. Makes me think that canning has gone so through the roof that probably just. Some people like the gold, and that's the option. Maybe it's cheaper. Maybe it's more expensive. I don't know. Um, But it's different than the traditional silver. 
Whatever makes me feel fancy. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, the only thought I had was, oh, this is gold. Anyway, what's the beer inside? <laughs> That's the only thought I me, had. Me, I'm like, ooh, gold, huh? So you brought it up. Shut down Brown at it again. The the state of Oregon's fine question mark governor, Kate Brown, uh, has decided to close. I like to call her better than the alternatives. <laughs> yes, that's probably a good way to <laughs> put I it. Because I have voted for this woman multiple times. Yeah, me too. The uh, She has decided, and I, I don't really understand again, starting on Friday on the 30th, April 30th, 15 counties including Clackamas and Multnomah, but not Washington. What's up? Uh, so dumb. <laughs> uh, are going to have to go back to extreme risk, and that means no indoor dining. That means extreme limitations on gyms and other places like that, and even, I think, limiting uh, religious services as well, like churches and temples and stuff. I think that's even being limited in, in those 15 counties as well. Those count as businesses, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I don't think so. Hmm, that's strange. It is strange. Uh, do they pay taxes? No. Well, it's also strange. Hmm. Um, so that's the decision that was made. Very luckily uh, for me, and selfishly for me, this Monday was 14 days after the second shot for me. This Tuesday was 14 days after the second shot for my girlfriend, and we were going to go out to dinner. You were going to celebrate. Indoor dining. Yes. To celebrate because we're both fully vaccinated. You were going to go to ringside on Friday. On Thursday. Thursday. Oh, hey, baby. Thursday night. baby? Ringside. Still indoor dining allowed. Yep. See, and you're lucky that because, you know, because you're going Thursday and this will drop Thursday, the legions and millions of Mike Lynch fans won't be able to stalk you because they won't get there fast enough. That is true. Even though now we all know Mike has reservations at ringside at 625. <laughs> is that the time? No, yeah, it's definitely 625. I stole yeah. your phone and cheated. Yeah, it's definitely 625. Uh, so that is, I'm very uh, selfishly happy that our celebration dinner for being fully vaccinated is going to be indoors. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's <clears> never <throat> been to a place like ringside before. It'll be fun. Really nice steakhouse. And I really want to show her kind of like that classic old school steakhouse vibe Mm -hmm. and uh, that's why i chose ringside to go to so very happy this whole thing is just quite quite strange to me um you know i lived through the beginning of it you know the beginning to the half of it we all hopefully did uh i mean just in the sense of the industry but i like your jokes um and a lot of it made sense to an extent i might not have understood the reasoning but i was kind of just behind it it was like okay all right this is what we're doing Got to be safe, um, things like that. The current move, I don't quite understand because I have yet to see any data that correlates indoor dining with an influx in cases being spread. Now, what the CDC has said is that indoor dining is a very high-risk event, but there hasn't necessarily that I've seen been research done on, at least in Oregon, Mm -hmm. of we're going to tie this increase in cases to indoor dining being opening opened up and that's another reason why it's weird that she's not closing washington county i mean i'm appreciative of it because that's where i live Mm -hmm. but i mean i drive to portland every day right it's my job is in Mm -hmm. multnomah county and i'm going back and forth i I drive to vancouver three times a a week yeah so it doesn't make a lot of sense to me if you're gonna do that you know, then shut down everybody. But if you're going to allow the county next to Multnomah and Clackamas to be open, which is just as populated, yeah, if not more than, especially more than Clackamas, I think. Um, it's like, 
I, I, I don't understand. Well, and, and as we were saying earlier, you know, I believe in education. I believe in science. Um, and if the CDC says that, I believe them. And if the governor says that, I believe her as well. But I would like to see the correlation. I would like to see the data in correlation. Because what happens when you close indoor is people start to congregate at, at their own places. At the park, at their houses, backyards, barbecues, stuff like that. And that has been shown to be the big thing. And here's my other, my other situation is if we are... Why are we limiting this indoor gathering yet we're pushing the full reopen of schools? And I understand that Governor Brown is big on the education. She's a former school teacher. I my my family is littered with teachers. My father was a teacher. My sister's currently a teacher. Um, you know, half of my friends are teachers. I believe in the educational system, but I don't see how you can shut down indoor gatherings yet still fully push school. For a month left of school, uh, which is kind of where my brain kind of hurts is, on it. This is a lot of the tail <clears throat> wagging the dog. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure for her to open schools, whereas I don't think there's as much pressure for her to keep the indoor dining open. Right, but indoor dining, the dining, our industry is commerce, right? Okay, and education, we've been doing distant learning for a, almost a full school year now. I think we can survive another month, you know, help. Shut down the schools right now for the for the for the year for all I care. Yeah, I mean, I, <clears throat> although I agree with that, what I've heard from a lot of people is, uh, you're not a parent, you don't understand, right? It's like I got three at home. Oh, yeah, and they're I not mean, mine, and I don't have them full time. But I am, I am, I deal with two kids that distant learn. Yeah, and it's tough. It sucks. They hate it, and I know they hate it. And I'm cool with pushing to go back to school. But, but you're if, you are right about the timing. Like just. By the end of the summer, we're going to be good enough, hopefully, that you know they'll be able to go do a normal school year. And if you're going to pack in, if if you're too scared to pack in restaurants and bars and breweries, but you're not afraid to pack in schools with grubby, dirty hand kids, I don't follow. And kids, you know, will spread. They won't get sick necessarily from it, but they will spread it an S ton if they get it. Right. The viral load is much higher in oh, kids. Oh, but te- most teachers are vaccinated. Cool, I'm vaccinated. Can I go sit indoor mm-hmm. at a restaurant? That was the other thought I had, and and. <clears throat> You know, this kind of gets into the vaccination ID thing that's such a debate at the moment. But the reason that they're doing this, according to the article I read, is that the the uh, hospitalizations have gone over 30% in the state of Oregon. Uh, I think it's like hospital beds, beds filled with COVID patients is like 37% or 35%. I think that's what it is. It still seems a little strange to me that just basically a third is COVID and you're going to shut down 15 counties again? That doesn't seem like a lot, but I, I, I'm not part of this, you know, decision-making process. And, and the other thing is that apparently, according uh, uh, in relation to the rest of the country, Oregon is dead last in sort of, or I guess first, depending on how you look at it, of the highest increase in COVID cases per capita. We're at like a 59% increase, whereas the national average is a 2% decrease. And then... Uh, I think in terms of hospitalizations, we're also leading the way in the country. <clears throat> so I get it in a certain sense, but also you have to look at the numbers as well. Like, sure, our cases have increased a ton, but we're still like at what, 800 cases a day? I've also read some... Texas accre- and Florida <clears throat> are at like 5,000 every day. I've also read some accredited research that it's kind of... <clears throat> the cases are rising, and some of it is because of our really quick to jump on it in the early days. Like... We shut down quickly. We put in all these stuff. Kate Brown has been very conservative 
on reopening. Probably one of the most conservative governors in the in the country. And what has happened is in places like Texas, Florida, Michigan, where they have been not conservative about closing and reopening, that they have a larger percentage of herd immunity. Mm-hmm. So a lot of our cases and uptick is kind of just bringing us back to the norm. Now, I'm not for that. That's not what I'm saying, especially if it costs lives. You know, it's like, oh, cool, Michigan's got herd immunity. Yeah, but 20,000 extra people died, which wasn't necessary. I, again, it all comes back to I just want to see why you believe in this state restaurants, bars, breweries, that livelihood, our livelihood is the reason why cases are spreading. Right. And you're it's a continued killing of businesses, right? right. Which is which is frustrating. And and I guess the point I was going to make was the controversial thing is so many of us have been vaccinated now, or at least on the way, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have to just flat out close indoor dining? Or can you not just say, hey, show us proof of vaccination and you can still you can still come eat indoors? Oh, because I don't think anybody wants to get to that point. That's a can of worms <clears throat> that would be opened Nobody up. Nobody wants to get to the proof of vaccine thing. Yeah, which... I get. I think it's inevitable. I think it's coming down the line real soon. That's I what con- I think too. I, I think I have it, concert tickets at the Gorge in on Labor Day, and we haven't seen what the protocols are going to be yet. And it sounds like shows are a go, and whatever the protocols are, I'm going to follow. But I think they're trying desperately to not have to proof of proof of vaccination. I get it because of how split everyone in this country is over every single thing and that exists right now. Um, and I get that that's kind of a slippery slope to go on. Like you need Except pr- that Hellas. We liked that. Yeah, that was great. Uh, you, you need, you know, there's a slippery slope with that, but maybe temporarily until we get enough people vaccinated and herd immunity. Is that not okay? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're choosing not to get vaccinated, mm-hmm. that's your choice, but there's probably going to be consequences to that, you know? And so if you choose not to get vaccinated for whatever the reason is, and you're not allowed to go eat at blank because they ask for your ID, your vaccination ID. That's your choice, and that's the consequences of your choice. Yeah. Um, but I see why that's a slippery slope, too. But at least maybe for a couple months until everyone gets it figured out or we reach herd immunity or whatever the hell we're going to be doing, wouldn't that be amenable? Wouldn't that help businesses? Because we have a lot of people who have been vaccinated Yeah. to just be like, hey, you can go do that. Right. I, I don't know. It just se- it seems too, at this point, there should be some more nuance. Because and, there's different <clears throat> levels of protection. And I will unofficially speak on behalf of breweries in this. I have not seen, I haven't seen a brewery in Multnomah or Clackamas County disregard health and safety protocols. No. I think we're going to see a lot more places disregard this order. I think so. It's like, it. It. it's like, you know what, I'm tired of it. It's like, look, this. I've, I've hit a wall. I think. <clears throat> I haven't talked to anybody who thinks this is a reasonable decision by Kate Brown. No. Most people are saying this seems a little overboard or a and, lot overboard considering and I was where you in, And I was into the last ones. Mm-hmm. Even, even like the last couple when I was kind of like, okay, all right. I'm not into it, but I support it. But we, we just had like, what is it now, a month or two ago, we had the light at the end of the tunnel episode. Yep. Like we're, we're here. Yep. Like so, I don't know the numbers of people who've been vaccinated, but- a lot of people I've talked to in my circle have been vaccinated. Fifty percent of American adults have had at least one shot. That's good. I think in Oregon we were slower than a lot of states. So I'm going to assume thirty, twenty-five percent. A billion doses worldwide have been administered. Very nice. Which could be closer to like seven hundred fifty thousand, seven hundred fifty million, if you assume at least half 
is one shot, mm-hmm. but not everyone's at their second shot. And some people haven't been going back to get their second shot for some reason. <laughs> a but, bunch of weirdos. Yeah, I think they're just scared to get sick, but it's okay. Um, you know, there's more nuance now because mm-hmm. there are people who are fully vaccinated. There are people who are half vaccinated and all sorts of things. So it's a, it's a very confusing decision by Cape Brown. And I think you're going to see a lot of businesses kind of say, you know what? I'm not going to follow this time, so we'll see. I'm tired of you. All right, beer two. What do we got? Familiar Spirit from Culmination Brewing. A black lager, not your typical supernatural entity. Our Familiar Spirit is crafted with Pilsner Munich and selected roasted malts to forge complex undertones of coffee and chocolate within the cauldron of crisp German lager. Uh, lots of roastiness in this beer. I actually get a good, decent hop character in this. Really? Like, and not in like an IPA way, but in in like a Pilsnery, uh, lager American style kind of way, like a little spiciness that I'm getting from some some sort of hop. Okay, I'm not really. I, I see what you're saying with like a little spiciness. I don't know if I can figure that out in my own palate, but I get a lot of roast. I get a mild amount of coffee, which in terms of me not liking coffee beers too much. Uh, that's just enough for me. But you're good with with you're good with malts that give off coffee flavor. Yes, you yes. just don't like the actual coffee added to exactly. it. Exactly. Um, I almost got a cold fire one today. It oh, was a I, porter. Oh, really? But it had coffee and milk sugar in it, and I was like, you know what? I'm oh, gonna pass. You know what I had this weekend that mm. I forgot to bring up? Mm. Thanks for reminding me. Sure. It was cold fire. I did it on purpose. It was a cream ale. Remember, I broke into your phone with coffee and milk sugar. That's what I saw. I saw cream ale, and I was like, "Ooh, I'll get a cream ale from cold fire." And then it said coffee and milk sugar, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no." You know what? It was good. It was pretty good. All right, Mister. I don't like coffee in my beer. It was pretty good. It was. It was a little too coffee, but I really enjoyed because I haven't had a cream ale that had milk sugar in it. So it was interesting to kind of yeah. see how that worked out together. It just made it. Creamier. I don't want yeah. anything with milk sugar in it unless it's cocoa cow. <laughs> it's cocoa cow. I uh, almost got a milkshake IPA today. Oh well, thank just, you for not just doing for that. funsies, just for just for S's and G's. S's and G's. Uh, but is, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it'd be nice. I couldn't remember if you'd had this or not, um, but it was a new arrival from Culmination, and we love those guys over there. And I feel like we haven't had their beer for a while, so I thought it'd be nice to kind of throw that on. I like this because it's subtle. I like this because when you're having a beer. In this style, there could be a chance that it's a little overpowering one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But you get roast, you get chocolate. You know, Patrick's getting some of the hop character to it. It's a smooth drinker. Uh, it's not exactly like the Mount St. Helens in terms of you could probably have a couple of these and be fine. It's a little bit heavy on the back end. But yeah, body's say, a little full, but the mouth feel is pleasant. I would say, you know, you could have a couple of these also sitting outside in the sun and be happy. Yeah. Not as many as the St. Helens, because that just <laughs> goes down like water. But this is uh, this is really good. I enjoy this quite a bit. All right. Let's take a break. We'll get to the next three beers on the other side, as well as podcast news. Two bits? Two bits. Two bits of podcast news. This is Beers on Us with Mike Lynch, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, Whoa. and Patrick Harris. That's me. All right, we are back. Beers on us. Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Three more beers to go in the tasting room. And I like that one because it was like, we have a beer of the week. We do have a beer of the week. We have, oh, man. We have oh, six man. beers today. Oh, man. I'm so high right now. <laughs> Tally, you're the worst character ever. Oh, no. <laughs> so this one I'm oh, intrigued and, and scared by. Oh, look oh, at that color, baby. Yeah. Okay. So this beer 
is a fruit something or other. Yes, it is a collaboration, a cosmic collaboration. So ecliptic between then? ecliptic and volney bear. Okay. Uh, it is a blackberry Meyer lemon ale. Now I read the can and looked around it. I was hoping it was going to be a sour, just because like a kettle based sour would be fun to kind of slowly work on you to see how, see if what you like about sours. Also a good don't. palate cleanser in between some beers. Sure, uh, but I believe it's just kind of a fruit ale. Um, Kavik yeast, real blackberries, and Meyer lemons finishes super dry. A blend of hops, Strata, and Mandarina Bavaria highlight the fruity citrus flavors of this refreshing beer. Well, if it's Kavik yeast, doesn't that mean it's going to have a little bit of a, a sourness to it? Uh, I haven't got that from Kavik yeast because people have been using it in like IPAs and stuff. For some reason, I thought like when I've had like the Double Mountain Kaviks, they've got a little sourness to it. Are you talking about Creeks? Yep. Yep. There you go. <laughs> K R I E K instead of K V I E K. That's confusing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's all Flanders. It's all <laughs> Flemish. You know, blame those idiots. Look, I'm still learning. Thank you. <laughs> Damn Belgians, and Europeans, and the French, and the Austrians, and the Germans, and ooh, that smells. You slide to the Czechs, and I'm confused. That smells not like beer. <laughs> it smells like fruit. It does. I'm a little nervous you know, about this and one, I, sir. You know, I I'm think, a little nervous. Well, let me let me let me preface some of this. Okay. I think Von Ebert, <clears throat> despite known for their hoppy beers and definitely their lagers as well, I think these guys use fruit in some of the best ways of a lot of people. Their their kettle sours that they put fruit in, the fruit character is really, really pleasant. So that's what kind of excited me about this was their knowledge of fruit in a non-sour, just kind of like summertime drinking ale. Am I going to, if I could drink this and love this, am I going to buy any more of this? Most likely not. But I was excited to just kind of see the collab and how Ecliptic and Von Ebert talked about making a fruited ale. Because remember on the past when we've done the OGs, we had that ruby, and we were like, that's a good beer. Yeah, which is a fruited ale, correct? Yeah, it seemed, that beer seems a little more fruity, a little more beery than this does just from look. I haven't taken a sip yet, but I could be surprised. Ecliptic and Von Ebert, I mean, John's been making beer longer than I've been alive, and Von Ebert uh, is one of my top five favorite breweries in town. And it, it is always good to keep expanding our horizons with some of these styles. Boy, it is so strange to drink a beer like this and not have a sour effect. Because you're like waiting for it. I'm waiting. I know my for jowls that. are like waiting to clench, yep. and they're just not. It's not happening. You get a little tartness from the from the blackberries, mm -hmm. but it is a fruit tart and not like a lacto sour tart. I, I you get some say, bitterness too from probably the lemon. I hate the nose of this beer. <clears throat> I don't care for the. nose I think either. it smells frankly bad, um, but it tastes really nice. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there's a little. The, the lemon is a little bit, like, lingering too much at the back end for me. It's kind of making it a little, like, it, you know, you kind of get that, like, lemon face in the back of your yeah. palate. But beyond that, I actually kind of enjoy this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that I enjoy this, but, man, the smell is not what I want. I think the back end is too bitter for me. Um, I think, and, and you're talking about the lemon kind of lingering. It's like, it's almost, it's almost like the lemon peel. Mm -hmm. Like, the rind is what I'm tasting. Yeah. That's a great way to put it. And it could add some really nice bitterness to this beer, to to a beer using that. But when I think of fruit ale, my biggest my biggest thought in my brain is crushing, not too sweet. Like refreshing. Very refreshing. 
And I honestly don't quite get that out of this. I get almost none of that out of this. And I, would and almost, I think that's probably intentional, right? I mean, if you're putting, I would hope so. If you're putting Meyer lemon into the beer, you know it's going to have some of that tartness to it, just naturally because lemons are tart. But now, in knowing these guys, you know, and and having their beers and and knowing some of them personally fairly well, I almost want to think that this is a fruited ale for the non-fruited ale drinker. That maybe the design of this beer is for a you and me. Interesting. To drink a fruited ale, but get bitterness, get body, feel like we're drinking beer. Because, like, I love Sunmade from Oakshire. The cucumber and the raspberries. Boy, I'll buy a six-pack of that, throw it on the cooler. Throw it on the cooler for a three-day rafting trip, and I'll have one or two of those a day. And, boy, that's awesome. But it's like a 4-2 Berliner Weiss, so it is tart. Mm -hmm. It is crisp. This, I feel like, is trying to be a beer drinker's fruit ale. I guess that's a decent strategy if you're trying to kind of introduce that to the market. around on the nose. Um, I'm just really struggling with how, I, I'm assuming it's just the lemon. I'm, I'm struggling with how dominant the lemon is in the back end of the sip. It's really bitter. I get, I get the blackberry early, and the blackberry tastes really pleasant. But the problem is, is because the lemon is sitting in my palate, mm -hmm. now when I go back, it's muddling the blackberry at the front end, and I'm yeah. getting just lemon, 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 lemon. Yeah. Which is a little too much. I think, I, I think so, too. It's just, yeah, I don't like this beer. It's a tough beer to drink fast, too. Like, yes. Like, I'm like, I'm a fast beer drinker normally. I just take big sips because mm -hmm. as my dad taught me, big bites, big flavors. So big sips, big flavors. Big snacks. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to take bigger sips, and I can't. Yeah, it's a little tough. The The lemon is like really kind of slowing my palate down on this one. Well, if you're ready, there is hoppy beer coming up next. I am ready. Uh, but let me take this opportunity to share some cool news of uh, next week's episode. Should be really fun. I'm really excited. Um, our good friend Brian Cook of the show. Oh, that's next week. Yes. Next week. Our good friend Brian Cook of the show uh, is going to let us sit at Lombard House, and we're going to inter interview Anne and Anna from the new Steeplejack Project. I'm really excited to talk to them about making a brewery in a church and two women taking on taking this on, mm -hmm. and we'll probably make fun of Brian a little bit. And uh, I've never been to Lombard House, nor have I met Brian, because that was the week I was oh, out right. you brought him in. So I'm excited just to go hang out. Brian is one of the coolest cats you've ever met in your life. He's crazier than an S-House rat, but... Uh, I love the guy to death. He is a Portland legend. He's growing to be a Portland legend at this point. Uh, and so I'm really excited to chat with those ladies about, about that upcoming project. As I'm trying to build out the month and some things kind of have just fallen into our lap a little bit. And yeah. it's almost like the second I put 2% of effort into this, stuff just started happening. Well, I think we can announce the second thing too. Sure, why not? Well, it's actually three things then. Uh, because next week will be steeplejack mm -hmm. the week after oh baby is going to be the, the coup de gras is going to be the first of three episodes with our new partial sponsor pelican mm -hmm. brewing mm -hmm. uh pelican signed on to do a three episode throughout the summer sponsorship for us and uh the first one is going to be a pelican takeover which will be not next week, but the week after. That episode will drop on the 13th. Of we May. are going out there on the 11th. Yes. So we're going to go to Pacific City, and we're going to go chat with um, 
I saw Darren's on the list. I kind of skimmed over the email. Darren, who's the head brewer, yes. the owner, operator, sort of. The, he, he is Pelican. Yes, we're going to chat with Darren. and I skimmed as well. Uh, so that'll be two weeks from now, which we're very excited about. It's going to be our first takeover episode in what feels like <laughs> seven years. Uh, and I've only been to the Pacific City once. And I loved it there, and I loved climbing the dunes, and I loved being able to go to Pelican and just get to sit on the beach, essentially. So that'll be very exciting. That's two weeks from now. That Pelican, that that Pacific City Pelican location is so near and dear to my heart. That is one of the, that is the first place I ever bought a growler. And me and my friends have been going to Pacific City for years and years and years. Once I got onto the Breakside crew, there's a bunch of Breakside kids from Pacific City randomly, like Head Chef Mike up at Decom and and the GM Connie at Slabtown. They're both from from Pacific City. That's interesting. So I have just spent the better part of 15 years going out to Pacific City, and for us to do this at Pelican is got the little the like young young beer drinking Patrick is like very very excited to be out there. Yep. So that'll begin two weeks from now. It's the first of three parts we're going to do with them over the course of the summer. And it's we're all ver- about their anniversary. It's their twentieth yes. anniversary. Yep. And so I think as we do multiple episodes with them, we'll talk about beers they're releasing for the anniversary. They've been putting out uh, recently. I've been seeing on Instagram they've been putting out special. Um, special beers for this year. So I think we'll just be getting a lot into that. But yeah, I think they're doing a big collab series. For the first episode, I'm going to I uh I really want to just do mostly like a normal takeover. Sure. I want to talk about, you know, being essentially now they're one of the oldest left, right? Yeah, with Lompoc gone, Winmer gone, Bridgeport. Bridgeport gone. You're yeah, you're looking to shoots. You're looking to shoots, McMinimins, full okay. sale. And Pelican. And, and Pelican. Because Pelican was, what, 89 or 90 or something like that? Well, it'd be 20. It's 2021. That would be math. So, um, but there might be some still that you can 2001. count. 2001. Like, like, you can count probably Lucky Lab in there. You can probably count. I'd have to look at the books, but Ninkasi, maybe. Probably. Maybe Ninkasi's that old. Um, but yeah, a lot of those old ones have kind of gone off. So it'll be exciting to kind of chat with Darren. And I just want to know origin stories. That's what I want to yeah, know. Well, like, I, why'd you decide to open up in Pacific City? And why Pacific City? Why not, you know, Lincoln City or Newport? And why have you oh, only Rogue. stayed Speaking on... Speaking of Newport, Rogue. Why have you only stayed on the coast? Yeah. All three of their locations mm-hmm. are in coast towns or close to coast towns. Born at the beach, baby. You got Tillamook, Pacific City, and Cannon Beach, and that's it. And and Pelican's been a good been good uh, good relationship with us at 1080 on our, on our other gig. Very true. So that'll be starting in a couple weeks as well. All right. Beer four and one more announcement to give. Yep. We've got a debut brewery on this podcast, which I'm very excited about. I saw this. Did we talk about this on the air or off the air? I can't remember. I think it was off the air. But I'm excited to introduce to myself and to this podcast, Hammer and Stitch. This is just the IPA is what it's called. Which you love, I'm sure. Uh, I absolutely love it. The can is very simple, straightforward. Uh, just kind of a design on it. It says the IPA. India Pale Ale with pine-like aromas balanced by bright citrus and tropical-like notes. Canned when? April 13th. Well, damn, that's two weeks old. So it's about as fresh as possible. I feel like this is a this is a brewer who was from a different brewery. And opened up his own thing. I believe you are correct. Um, I'm going to look it up and see if it's on the website. Let's see. Hammer and Stitch. But I was excited because I saw it at at uh, Market of Choice, and I didn't even know they were canning. 
But I had lunch I with... I think they opened during the pandemic, right? I believe so, in the early, early days of it. Um, but I had lunch with uh, Victor and Sarah, some P1s of the show, and uh, they had talked about how they had been there, and they said the food is really good there. And it's kind of down there, Slabtown-ish area, as you're getting off Highway 30 on the Vaughn exit, there's that jack-in-the-box on the right. I think they're down in that area. But a lot of the pictures I saw on the website, the outdoor space looks really cool and stuff like that, so... I'm really kind of excited to try this beer and check them out. I think the marketing, although I hate the color purple, but that's a personal bias. <laughs> um, uh, I think the the design on the can is very slick and very smooth. As so, I say that, the Von Eber ecliptic is like all purple too. Brewmaster and GM Ben Dobler. Oh, did, Ben Dobler. Where did he? Where was he from? Ben is. Oh goodness. There's only videos on their about me page, which I'm not going to play in the middle of the podcast. Oh but goodness. Apparently, this is open over like in the slab area, right? Yep. Kind of over that way. And yes. yeah, the outdoor location, based on the pictures, looks sick. And if the food's great, you know I'm going to love it too. He is Laurelwood. That's what I thought. Gotcha. Ben That's is former okay. Laurelwood. That makes sense because I I wanted to say that and I was like, uh, don't the guy, say something. The guy dumb. who told me about it used to be a big Laurelwood guy, so it makes sense that this would be Laurelwood news. Um, oh yeah, I have to take a sip. What do you think? Thoughts? I'll wait for you. Okay. It's all right. I can teach a class on the diastole in this beer. Yeah, yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> like the diacetyl level is really, really high. I, in this I, is that what the that flavor is? Yeah, I'm still trying to learn it, but I guess that's the butter popcorn, right? Yeah, some people get cake frosting. Um, it's all kind of different. Um, I always get butter popcorn. Boy, from it. I smell it. I taste it. That is not pleasant. Yeah. All right. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, especially because I'm not going to drink the rest of that. <laughs> well. Would you like to... Uh, pause for the cause? Yes. We can just pause for the cause and they'll never know we're pausing for the cause. Except we're going to leave pause for the cause in it. Sure. I don't care. You're the producer. We'll be back in literally one second. Hey, we're back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just had to go. I just kind of relieved these glasses of that and washed them out. Uh, it's an interesting thing because we've talked about this with some other new breweries about, you know, with like really prominent people at the helm. And the only thing I can think of why, you know, a place like Hammer and Stitch or some other places would have high levels of D or VDK, whichever you want to call it, um, I can only think that it's got to be a canning situation. Like, craft canning is so busy right now. or And I know there's a couple other ones, but they're all so busy that if you're locked in to can on Tuesday and you taste it on Monday and you're like, oh, God, this needs two more days, you're kind of you're kind of strapped. You got to go. You got to go. I guess that makes sense, but. Because they might not be coming back for another month. That's such a big risk, to, in, especially for a new brewery. I wouldn't make that risk. To introduce people to your beer and have it be diacinol riddled, it's not. I, I, I would. Not ideal. I would rather my beer sit in a tank. And I mean, I'm not a brewer, but I've been around enough. And I think some would agree with me. If you have this flexibility, I would rather my beer sit in a tank for five days, six days before a canning run. Be done five or six days in a canning run and maybe lose some back-end shelf life then put it out two days early yeah because that doesn't taste good no that's a especially for a new brewery it's dangerous because if someone's tasting you for the first time and that's what they get there what are the chances they go back right because it's a new brewery you've never heard yes. of so it's your trust level starting at zero this is this is the this is 
a brewery on my short lists of new breweries that I am really not interested in drinking right now. Right. And I'm going to wait. Although maybe going to maybe the, the location is yeah. better. Maybe the draft. You know, maybe you could maybe you split the batch so some of it stayed in the tank and some of it didn't. That would be great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's one of those places where it's like if it has good food and it's got a good situation for seating, I still might go to it and and give it a go, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and see if on draft it's better. That's interesting. I never really thought about the canning dates being the reason why some of these newer breweries would have diacinol. Um, I mean, you said the story of, of I'm not going to name the names, of one of the brewers who got very defensive about it, mm-hmm. even though 80% of the beers that we had tried from them, and we had tried multiple, not on the podcast, yeah. but just in personal and life. And not just us, but other people whose palates I respect. Yeah, uh, tasted diacinol mm-hmm. in 80% of the beers. And it, the brewer got really, really defensive about it, but it's like... It's tricky. You can get defensive, but if people are tasting it, they're tasting it, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I think most people are way more inclined to hearing you not fess up, but just acknowledge and just kind of say... Sorry, yeah. I messed up. Sorry, I messed up. Yeah, that's the thing. Missed is, it on that batch. There, there are certain things like oxidization is different. I think sometimes oxida- oxidization, oxidization, if it happens, can be subtle, or some of the flavors of the beer can mask it, and you might get a little bit of that cardboardy flavor, but it's going to be manageable. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you get diacinol, it overpowers everything. Yeah, I tasted nothing but diacinol in that sip. Mm-hmm. That's that's a different story. We're like, okay, maybe age happened or sure, something sure, sure. happened in the process of, you know, shipment or whatever to get oxidized beer. But for this, like, th- that's just a mistake. Yep. You know? All right. What's our last beer? Our last beer, I was inspired from our beer of the week last week uh, to give everybody's a shot again. Okay. As we talk about this. Why did you choose the style for them? Then? Uh, because I, you know, when we do interactive tastings, I know there's a decent amount of our listeners that like hazies. And uh, again, like I think like the Meyer lemon blackberry ale, I think it's good to push us. Oh, for sure. And I know everybody's makes hazies and they don't make it like they're not like exclusively hazies, but I know they make a decent amount of hazies. I kind of liked the artwork on it. Indoor survival, hazy IPA. The guy's got a uh, guy or woman or they, I can't quite tell, gender neutral. Um, has a dress shirt and a tie on and polka dot boxers on and socks <laughs> in front of what looks like to be Zoom. And uh, and so I, I just said, it was under the new products. I said, ah, we'll give it a shot. That's a pretty cool can. Everybody does, does do cool cans. Yeah, you know, I, like I love the... the, 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 the what is it? It's the it, the cryo. Looks like Dr. Dre's The Chronic. Did you say he's on Zoom? Yeah. <laughs> uh, a staple of the modern survival kit, this beer highlights the delicate interplay between hops and malt in a lighter-bodied hazy beer. Hops, uh, Motueka. Did I pronounce that right? I think so. I don't know Woo! if any of us know how to say that word. Eldorado and Mosaic malts, Mecca Grade, Alvarado wheat, and Skagit Valley Skagit Skagit Valley malting buckwheat. Skagit Valley is like uh, Mount Baker, North Washington, south of uh, interesting Bellingham. I've never heard of either of these malts. Mecca grade or grade, maybe Alvarado wheat and Skagit Valley malting buckwheat. That's yeah. kind of interesting. No idea. Um, all right. Uh, have you taken a sip of this beer? I have. Um, I, this beer has a lot of hazy characteristics that I don't care for. I get a lot of pineapple in this. Yeah. And that is, you know, instantly a tough one for my palate. 
I like pineapple a lot, so I'm enjoying kind of the heavy pineapple vibe that I'm getting off of it. What I'm enjoying about this compared to some of the other hazies, although more recently I'll say I've been having a lot better hazies, generally speaking, is there's no pulpiness to this beer. I would agree. They say in the can it's lighter bodied. It is lighter bodied. Uh, I think the lighter body kind of makes the softness of it a little bit more palatable for me because it's not it's not hitting me and I expect a certain amount of hop bitterness. It's just kind of a lighter drinking beer that's soft from the get-go. But, I mean, if you want to talk about one flavor, this is a pineapple beer. Yes. I mean, it is pineapple followed by pineapple and pineapple. It is very soft. Yes. There's not a whole lot of bitterness going on. It's basically like pineapple juice in beer form. Yes. Which, if you like pineapple, great. I do enjoy pineapple quite a bit. I do you not. hate pineapple, yes. so it's going to be a very different experience. It makes it really tough for me. I mean, I it's a hazy. I, I struggle with hazies. I try my best. Um, this is not drain pourable. It's it's solid. No, no, no. I think if you liked hazies, I think I think a lot of people out there would really dig this beer. Um, I'm trying, but you know me. I need. I think I, it's a little bit unique to hazies, though, which I think is good for the hazy drinkers out there. Is that this is not going to be your run of the mill hazy. Mm-hmm. This has got a little bit of uniqueness to it, based on the body being different. And I think, honestly, we don't get a lot of hazies that are just pineapple, right? By design. <laughs> this is kind of cool, uh, if you I, like pineapple. I, I try not to do that. <laughs> but again, it goes back to what we've talked about previously. You know, we loved the Petrichor last week so much that sometimes you're like, oh, yeah. Let's go back to that brewery. So I felt... Well, we we had two in a row from them that we loved. Did we? Well, remember I told you last week the sneaky, sneaky oatmeal oh, style? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was... God, I keep forgetting about that beer. It was arguably better than Wander's Correspondence for me yeah. in terms of how, how much yeah, I loved it. Yeah, you loved it. that beer. And then the Petrichor was, whoo, soup's good. Yeah, so maybe this wasn't the best for me on my third to kind of go back and drink, go back to the every, everybody's well and drink some of that. Um, but I definitely want to keep keep trying some of their beers after you know the recent success we've had with them. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. All right, well, there's our interactive tasting room. We have our five beers. Uh, hopefully, you were able to find most of them and try them along with us. Apologies if you got a lot of diacinol in the IPA, but, uh, you know, that'll happen. C'est la vie. That'll happen. That is life. All right. We have Beer of the Week next. It is a brewery that I'm looking on the wall. Ooh. We haven't done Ooh. since the fourth shelf down. Okay. It used to be a brewery that we would do a lot, so that gives it away probably, but... uh, Breakside. (laughs) No. (laughs) It is a style of beer that is very relevant to the time of year, yet of the local breweries that do this style of beer, I I don't think I've seen this angle on it. All right. And we'll get to that next. Beer's on us. Mike Lynch, Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. That one wasn't as good. No, and you cheated. That's why it was bad. Ah, karma. Yep. Patrick looked at the beer before Beer Damn of the it. Week. Well, I knew the brewery by looking at the color, yes. like the, the label. But that doesn't mean you knew what beer it was. That is true, because I did look and I saw the name and I was like, no idea what that is. So we're drinking Ex Novo. The last one on the wall was on the fourth row down. It's uh, three over. I can't read it from here, but... It's a black and white can. I think that's the last one we had from them. Um, Excuse me, what? It's been a while since we've done Ex Novo. It's one of those where... Uh, one more down, and then to the left. There it is. Oh, that's when we did... Uh, 
That's when we did our stouts. We did remember, our stouts. Remember the episode with the different stouts? Oh, that's mass right. Pro- mass produced. That was the tuxedo made. penguin or whatever. Yeah. Penguin tuxedo. Yes. So it's been a while since we've done Ex Novo. Uh, I will every once in a while get their Detroit style pizza delivered to my apartment because it is quite good. Ooh la la. But uh, I often do not get beer delivered in that same realm. So it's been a while since I've had Ex Novo as well for myself. The reason I grabbed this off the shelf was because it's this time of year. We're getting close to Cinco de Mayo. And that's usually when all the breweries put out their Mexican style lagers. Mm-hmm. I had a really good one from Varietal the other day. Really? Yeah. Um, I have more American style than like Vienna style. I have only really seen, especially now that I've been trying this style more the last few years, classic golden Mexican style lagers. Right. I have not seen local breweries make a dark Mexican style lager. The Negro Modelo variety. Correct. Which for me is the favorite beer I get at Mexican restaurants is I love getting Negro Modelo. My dad was not a big beer drinker. But boy, he would crush some Negro Modelo. My dad didn't drink a lot of alcohol in general. Um, just wasn't his thing. Um, he was so full of life. He didn't need the booze. Meanwhile, my soul is dying, and I need the booze. <laughs> uh, but my father didn't drink a whole lot. But boy, he would crush Negro Modelos if you put him in front of him. Um, my favorite <clears throat> experience that I had with a Negro Modelo. So I've never stolen Negro Modelos out of the fridge before. Never. <laughs> never. Never. Is I went to uh, one of the many Mazatlan chains that exist out here, and I got Negro Modelo, and they brought I don't it even to know me. What that is, uh, oh, it's really no. It's just a Mexican local Mexican chain that they, I think they do franchises here. Oh, interesting. There's one on Burnside, right next to Providence Park. Oh, you know that little Mexican place in the corner. Oh yeah, yeah. That's Mazatlan. Oh okay. I just eat tacos out of taco trucks. Um, there's multiple in beaverton so I, I went and i got negro modelo and they brought it to me i got the large size <clears throat> which was a giant mug of beer <laughs> and they had it in the freezer and the beer actually froze on the top the cup was so nice cold. it got that little like sheen of ice so that's what i remember most about having negro modelo outside of that i just enjoy drinking it and uh after the last couple beers that we had this beer is really really good it is quite nice it is a what we like to call a palate refresher mm-hmm. um milagro Oscuro, I like put in some bad accent there for no reason. Thanks, Jason. Milagro Oscuro. Uh, This was canned on the 19th, so we freshy fresh. Mexican-style dark lager, brewed and packaged in Portland, Oregon. I think that's a big thing to look at when you see Ex Novo beer. Because... They got the big packaging in New Mexico. Yeah, and I'm I'm not bashing that by any means, but whenever something comes from as far as New Mexico is... As far as like beer travels, there's just a lot of variables that come into play with that. And I'm sure fresh Elliot tastes great, even if it's made in New Mexico. But I always try to look for the made in Portland stuff because you know it's going to be a small canning run. You know it's going to be a small batch at the Flint pub. And I'm, I'm kind of into that stuff. I just had a thought. Shoot. Did we miss fresh hop season? Did it not exist this year? Basically, uh, no, we did it. Did we do it? Yeah, we did fresh hops. This year in 2021? Yeah, for sure. No, I don't. You not seen any cans? Well, I see it over like. I just don't remember doing it this year. Yeah, there's there's the there's an Occidental Fresh Hop and a Fort George Fresh Hop. I feel like that came and went a lot faster than normal because you brought up Fresh Hop Elliot, and I was like, oh, that's right. Well, yeah, because nobody was like doing it. That's interesting. Remember the fires too? Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It was around that time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. 
Um, yeah, I heard the story that Von Ebert dumped a whole batch of fresh hop volatile sub uh, volatile substance. Because of... I asked Sam, and I was like, "Yeah, what happened to that?" He goes, "Smoky AF." Oh, so the quality of the hops was really bad. Yeah, and most people, most people I talked to, because I actually that was the day I went to Goshi with um, Dylan, who's the head brewer at the Slabtown Breakside. Location. Oh yeah, it was like the last we went, day that we had blue yeah, skies, right? Yeah, we went to Goshi, and I looked to I looked to the south, and it looked like Mordor, and I looked to the north, and it looked like you know, gray skies are gonna clear up. Put on a happy face. I like <clears> this beer. I like this beer a lot. Um, I don't know if I'm coming off some beers that didn't really tickle my fancy, but what I really like about this beer is despite being dark lager, it really doesn't feel it. It tastes it, but boy, does it not feel it. Like we had that black lager from Culmination, and that had a little more fuller body. The body on this is extremely light, yet still giving some of that like almost Dunkel style malt character to it. I, that's a great way to put it. I was going to say there's a smokiness to it in the middle of the palate, um, which probably would have been the wrong way to describe it. But a Dunkel style, yes. This is basically giving me a Dunkel vibe in the middle. I get a little bit like a, like like a, a a damp basement, and I know that sounds terrible. You've used that term before, but though. but I I you, that can be a pleasant. I get that sometimes in really well made alt beers. <clears throat> sometimes that damp musky basement. If subtle, I think really pushes some of the flavors up. So, quite an enjoyable beer. And yeah. I, I wish that more places did, during this time <clears throat> of year, dark-style Mexican lagers. I don't see it. Right. All I see is the clear Mexican lagers, which I would never choose myself. Well, and more, and I'm more into the craft Mexican lager now these days, because more people are doing it the like traditional, the, the Modelo way, and not the corona way mm-hmm. like i had i was telling you i had that varietal mexican lager recently was excellent i really enjoyed it but a lot closer to corona than modelo to where the modelo's got some of that vienna malt and i'll just leave it at that and i love that Modelo's just good beer for uh, for mass-produced beer yeah yeah i'm into it it's good beer a lot of times when i go to the gorge you can find modelo man cans and it's better than drinking bud light i have never been a huge corona guy i think it's fun like you put the lime in like ha look put at that the lime in the coconut uh, but I've always enjoyed Dos Equis and Modelo for Mexican-style beers way more. You clearly haven't crushed Tecate on Taco Tuesdays in Pullman, Washington. <laughs> I have not. <laughs> I have not. I actually think the first time I had that was on this podcast. Tecate? You, you brought Tecate in once. We did once, huh? Oh, when we did we did Mexican lagers yep. way back in the day. And that was the only time I'd ever seen it well, or had it. That would be really fun to do again because I feel they're changing so much now on the craft level. At least locally, yeah. Yeah, like the locally craft is really kind of starting to embrace the Mexican lager and saying, F you, Corona, we're going to do this the traditional way with corn and Vienna malt, and that's really exciting. This is excellent. This is one of my more favorite Ex Novo beers I've had in a while. Nice call, Mike. Thanks for bringing this on. Of course. Uh, be happy that I chose to leave it last and from what I bought this weekend. And I, I've started to do that now where I'll buy my beer for the weekend and I usually buy too much because I'm mm. like, oh, I'm going to get like... Because you're not an alcoholic like me. Exactly. Yeah. I buy like six of them and I'm like, okay, I'll have like three today and then I'll have these left for the rest of the week. I saw this and I went, this is a good beer of the week. It is a great beer of the week. And I'm glad that it panned out, especially after the last couple beers we had in the tasting room. So if you see this on the shelf, I got this at Market of Choice in Beaverton. So if you see this on the shelf, uh, buy it if you like or dark hell, get style to, Mexican lagers. Get, get to Ex Novo and give, some, give them some biz as their indoor dining shuts down. Uh, but not in Beaverton. Are they all outdoor? 
Oh, right. Not in Beaverton. Washington County is still open, baby. Right, because this all makes sense. I keep trying to <laughs> rationalize this thing, and it's just not working out. Oh, do you want to do the last announcement? Yes, we can leave we this. We almost forgot. We, uh, I didn't forget. I was leaving it for the end because I think it is really fun. So next week, our episode will be with Anna and Ann from Steeplejack Brewing. Correct. Um, that will record that at Lombard House. <clears throat> the week after that, the podcast episode will be... Um, in Pacific City with Darren and the Pelican crew, which I'm also very excited about. The week after that, the podcast will drop about an hour and a half, two hours before the event. That Thursday, May 20th, is the Oregon Beer Awards, and we will probably do our episode on the OBAs. We usually do more of a recap than a preview, right? We could but... drop it on Friday that week. We'll talk about it and sure. see how it goes. Maybe we'll do a Friday as a post-reaction. Um, but Beers on Us will be presenting an award at the OBAs. I'm very, very excited about this. It is a virtual It is all virtual this award year. Award show. But this is hopefully the first of many years to come, where when we get back to in person, Mike and I will be there and present an award ourselves in person. But this year we're presenting an award. And they sent me the list of categories still available. And I was kind of surprised by some of the categories that were still around. Um, and I kind of made the judgment call, Mike. Oh, okay. So what are we presenting? I don't know this yet. This is right. A, this you don't is know this. To me. Um, I almost pulled the trigger on German dark lagers. Okay. But I went with Imperial IPAs. Really? Yes. So we will be presenting Imperial IPAs at the 2021 virtual Interesting. awards. I'll be curious to see how many of those quote Imperial IPAs are hazies. Because we're seeing a they trend. Won't be, they won't be because there's their own category for okay, that. Okay, cool. So these will be clear. I'm seeing the trend of Imperial IPAs becoming more hazy. All hazies, yes. But yes. this is judging. So the Imperial IPA category is, I imagine, unless they changed it, which I don't think they did, should be clear beer. Very cool. So that's going to be coming up in three weeks. Our next month is already set. I know. I know. And I put about 10 minutes of effort into this thing. This is the most. Imagine if I put four hours into it, Mike. <laughs> this is the. This is both of us. Yeah. I helped with the Pelican stuff. Yes, you did. Um, although you were all about the OBA. I didn't know the OBA thing was even a, p- a possibility. So well, that was awesome. I've just, you know, I've been very spoiled in my OBA career. Let me put it this way. I've been to OBAs five times. And the brewery I worked for won Brewery of the Year four times. Yeah. So it's like, I've had a lot of really great time. That's where I fell in love with the Barrel at Kids drink, because I saw these guys that I didn't know anything about in their stupid denim vests, which I found out were actually really cool, and they're hugging everybody, and they're pumped, and I don't know. I love OBAs. I think it's a very awesome celebration of Oregon beer, and I'm desperately excited to be a part of it. So instead of us saying, you know what, we'll figure it out. We've already figured it out. And I'm actually going to try to ride this train and keep going so we can, you know, if I'm being honest, pull the curtain back a little bit. I feel I've slacked a little bit on the beers on us lately. And I know COVID's been tricky, but I don't like that good excuse. So I'm trying to put a little more effort into it. I think I'm it's... terrible with social media, and that's just the reality of it. Um, I think it's a fair excuse, but we're getting close to the end, so there's more things that we can do now. Right. And so I would like to step up the game and get wild here. We have done a whole stupid year mm-hmm. of COVID episodes Yep, that included one takeover that wasn't a takeover because we talked to Kevin from Wayfinder, but here at the studio. Well, we did Fest Beer. We did a style that day. True. Uh, we did the takeover that, that wasn't beer. a takeover with Brewery 26 at the very beginning. Right. That was the first one. And then beyond that, I mean, we've just been in this little room. Yeah. 
recording every single week. And we really miss going out there and having taster trays and trying the food and meeting people and yep. making relationships and, and, and the amount of people, the amount of relationships we made in the first two years were insane to where this year we've like maybe made like three. Yeah, I know because we've like, Hey, we had them on the phone. I know. And I don't work. I don't, I don't work. Like I don't have them connections anymore. So I got to like, <laughs> I'm constantly texting people randomly. Just like, Hey, you remember me? We got yeah, I got nothing to say. Don't forget about me. <laughs> I'll be in touch in six months. We got a network. We got a network. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. And as long as this keeps going, at least podcast wise, COVID's over. Because if we're going to two locations and doing OBAs in three straight weeks, right. that's stuff that would have never happened during COVID. Yeah, hopefully the podcast gets back to a little normal while we're waiting for our lives to get back to normal. Which is very exciting for us because, uh, as we mentioned, I think two weeks ago, we kind of reached the point of we did everything we could possibly think of creativity-wise during COVID. Yeah. Our brains are like, please just give us, like, just go somewhere and talk. Okay. So now we'll be like those TV shows that you watch where no one's wearing a mask and you go, how come nobody's wearing a mask? We'll be like that. But we're vaccinated, so. Sure. It's fine. Right? Still wear a mask, Michael. Well, yes, I know. <laughs> you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Instagram.com slash beers on us. At beers on us pod on Twitter. Facebook.com slash beers on us. Find us there. DM us. Do all the kind of stuff. Like the post. Whatever it is that you can do. And we'll see you guys next week from Lumberhouse. Bacatorces. 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 Bye.